You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Judge Hope, thanks for rolling out here this morning. Uh, Thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, First of all, municipal court. If I find myself in your courtroom as a defendant, what have I done wrong? And what's the circumstance here? If you're going to be in a courtroom in, in Athens, Clark County, hopefully you're in my court because it is the <laughs> lowest level criminal court. Um, I have about 17,000 criminal and traffic matters a year. On the traffic side, you'd be dealing with everything from a seatbelt violation up to driving under the influence of alcohol if you were a first-time offender. Repeat offenders for DUI go straight to state court. Um, I have ordinance violations. Uh, Disorderly conduct and public intoxication would be uh, an example of those, but also quality of life ordinances, animal control ordinances, building code ordinances. Cars on the block in the front yard. Junk motor vehicles, that sort of thing. So altogether, between parking, the red light and school bus camera cases and the other cases I've discussed, we have about 30,000 cases a year in municipal court. We still have red light cameras in Athens. Uh, Yes, I believe they're not at the Alps intersection, but they're still at the uh, Gaines School Hmm. Barnett Shoals intersection, Hmm. I believe. Good to know because I use that Alps intersection almost every day. Uh, All right, uh, to the matter at hand here. Uh, Athens Clark County Commissioners, uh, the decision last week, the vote last week, this Tuesday of last week, eliminating cash bail for those arrested accused of violating municipal ordinances. Again, we're not yes. talking about folks accused of robbing the liquor store or Correct. people who are facing state or federal criminal offenses, accused of state or federal criminal offenses. Only the folks who would land in your courtroom. Now, they're still going to land in your courtroom, uh, theoretically at least. Yes, yes. They still are going to be given notice to, to come to court. Um, if they don't come to court, then there will still be mechanisms by which we can make them come to court, which really have. And and that's one of the things, let's start there, because that's one of the things critics say. And I think it's the first thing critics say. You heard from the bail bondsman there. Uh, And and they will say, listen, one of the reasons you have them put up bond is to ensure that they will be in your courtroom. They put up bond, they lose money, money or property or some such. Uh, It's an incentive for them to show up in court. Uh, If you disincentivize that, there's no reason for them to show up. In fact, in places where this has been done, uh, a lot of people don't show up up. That that has happened in some jurisdictions, and, you know, Lana might be one example of that. When they went through their process of eliminating cash bail, it was in the midst of a cyber attack. I would not recommend that any jurisdiction <laughs> make this policy change in the midst of a cyber attack. That's one of those guys, they, they locked in on the Atlanta computers, locked them up, and, hey, you want to get back into your computers, pay a ransom, ransomware attack. Yes, the, the municipal court there was, was very hampered by that mm. process because part of what they wanted to do was do a notification program as well to supplement the fact that they were letting people out earlier. And what, am I, what I mean by a notification program, your dentist now, your doctor now, they mm-hmm. send you texts sure. about your, your dates. Appointment tomorrow. You yeah. might have forgotten six yeah. months ago that you set your next physical. Mm-hmm. And so why can't the courts do something similar? So that that's one thing that we're going to be doing to help supplement individuals who are now OR'd is we're going to be doing text notifications. I'm hoping to be able to do simultaneous text and email notifications. All right, but you mentioned mechanisms, Judge Ryan Hope, with yes. this municipal court judge. You mentioned mechanisms to, to go and find those folks who don't show. Now, the mechanism was here to four, and I put up $1,000. I don't want to lose $1,000. I better show up in your courtroom. Now, what's the mechanism now? Well, and I will say that even someone who posts good security fails to appear. We have bench warrants all the time on people who have a bondsman that bonded them out. 
Um, I had about six people who missed court one day last week. Half of them were bonded cases. Half of them were OR bond cases. So uh, a bondsman being involved is no surefire solution to a failure to appear issue that's always going to exist. The response of the court is going to be to pursue bond forfeiture and to also issue a bench warrant for that failure to appear. The bond forfeiture would issue against the individual in an OR bond situation. But there's and no bond now. I it's mean, an OR bond. So okay. there is a, a, a uh, dollar There's okay. a dollar amount attached to it. So it's 500 OR, 1,500 okay. OR. So it's like a fine in that instance. There's a civil judgment that could be issued against that individual in that amount for failing to appear. You can get a 5A that can become an enforceable judgment against that individual. Um, and then the bench warrant itself, if they interact with law enforcement, um, in, in our situation, I listened to a little bit of the podcast yesterday uh, from Mr. Hall, uh, we, we don't have a limitation of where we're going to go to get someone. Uh, the solicitor's office for misdemeanor domestic violence cases has extradited from other states. So this idea of we won't go to get someone if they're 75 miles away from us is not true in athens Clark County. Okay, I want to I want to focus back, though, on something you just said there, Judge Hope, because I want to I make sure that, that I understand, the listener understands here, that there is still, I'll just reiterate this point, there is still a... a a cash incentive for me to appear in your courtroom. There is. If I don't and you find me, you, you track me down or sub, some subsequent offense, maybe you arrest me otherwise, I, I have signed that, that OR bond and there's money attached to that, money that you can at least theoretically collect. Correct. That is correct. And in theory, the, the financial side of it is less in a good security bond because they've already paid their 10% paid to the bondsman yeah. and mm-hmm. the bondsman's on the hook for the full amount. Right, right, right. Now, the theory is the bondsman will go find them, mm-hmm. but on the misdemeanor cases, my experience has been they're not, they're, they're definitely going to go look for someone that they're on the hook for like a $20,000 bond. Um, but they have so many bonds. Uh, I did the bond forfeitures for 10 years as chief assistant solicitor in athens Clark County. And I can count on one hand the number of times the bonding company would actually show up at the bond forfeiture proceeding in any given year to say, well, this is what we're doing to go find that individual. There may be some individuals they turned in before the bond forfeiture proceeding happened. Um, but uh, on the low-level misdemeanor offenses, uh, it just it hasn't been my experience that good security makes the difference. I understand, Judge Judge Ryan Hope here. I understand that we're actually, and for all the fuss and bother here, all the time we're spending on this, all the social media back and forth, we're actually talking about a really small population of people here. We are. I, I ran reports for the commission when we became aware that this was a possibility last fall when it was the older commission. And between 2015 and 2018, for public intoxication, there were about 500 cases over that four-year time period. So you're talking about 100 cases a year. For disorderly conduct, there were 700 cases. You'd be talking about 175 cases a year. So close to maybe 300 cases a year, they're going to be affected by this policy. We already didn't arrest on junked motor vehicle. We didn't Mm -hmm. arrest on animal control violations. So this really affects a small subset of cases. And so I think it's a good number of cases for us to figure out, does this work? Does this not work? How can we make it effective? Pick it up there. That that guy, Scott Hall, listen, the man knows his business. Uh, He's talking about uh, specifically Houston, a jurisdiction some distance from here, and and obviously much larger than athens Clark County. But but the the data there, a 50% failure to show rate uh, after implementing a similar policy. Any concern that that happens here? Absolutely. I mean, you want people to come to court and respond to to what they've been accused of. And that's one thing to remember is we're talking about pretrial detention, people who have not been convicted of anything. Bond, the purpose of bond is to ensure that they appear in court. 
Um, on the state level, all of this has emerged first from the state level. One of the last criminal justice reform council policies they were analyzing was misdemeanor bail reform. The Calhoun case, Harris County had that ongoing federal litigation that led to some of their issues. And so the, the, the state committee, judges from throughout the state, visited other jurisdictions. They visited Kentucky, which hasn't had commercial bail bondsmen since 1976. They do wow. it through the state itself. Um, and looked at some studies there and showed that individuals who remained in jail for two to three days after their arrest on a minor misdemeanor were 22% more likely to fail to appear than those who got released on day one. That if they were held four to seven days, they were 50% more likely to fail to appear than if they were released on day one. So a lot of these policies we're looking at are how can we improve public safety, reduce recidivism, because that's also part of this analysis. If you hold someone on a minor misdemeanor for two or three days, they're 39% more likely to be arrested while their case is pending than if you release them on day one. That, that is so counterintuitive. I mean, the data say what the data say. I'm not, I'm not disputing it. It's just so counterintuitive to me. And the issue is for the people who, who are going to struggle to post, let's say you have a $500 bond. There are mm-hmm. people who struggle to post a $500 bond, which through a bondsman might only be $50. 50 bucks, yeah. If that person is, is on the margins of life, they're, they have a job at the poultry that's on the point system, they're barely making their rent, you hold them for two to three days, they lose that job, they lose their housing, their decision-making when they get out is going to be much worse than if you could get them out still relatively stable once again, remembering that they have not yet been convicted of a crime. So that's where if you're getting people out while they can still be stable, they're going to make better decisions. They're not going to commit those offenses and they're going to show up to court. I don't know hope. if you walk around with this kind of data. How many outstanding bench warrants right now? That I don't know off the top of my head. And that's one thing. As of July 1st, we're going to have some money in the budget to partner with people at the law school, the School of Social Work, to do some analysis of the data we do have. Uh, one of the concerns of the state committee in 2018 was different jurisdictions report failure to appears in different ways. If someone misses court on Monday, but they show up later in the week, should you still consider that a failure to appear? They just missed it by a day or two. They eventually did show up to deal with the issue. I have court Monday through Thursday. If, I, if someone was scheduled for Monday, but they show up Thursday, we can still pull the file. We can still address the case very efficiently at the arraignment stage, at least. Yeah, I, I'm, that, that, again, is counterintuitive. I, I come walking in on Thursday having missed a Monday court date. I'm thinking I'm in trouble for that. Yeah, not in my court, not if it's your arraignment date. If you're just answering to the charge, your initial appearance. I'll just wander in when I want to? Yeah, I, I would prefer you not because it is scheduling-wise. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah, something we have to accommodate. You're affecting other people. But I, I'd much rather that person come in than we issue a warrant and go through the process of them being booked. Let's say it's a seatbelt violation. I don't mm. want to issue a contempt warrant on a seatbelt violation. I, I often don't because it's not punishable by jail time anyway. It's a $15 fine. But for speeding... That theoretically has a maximum possible punishment of 12 months in jail, $1,000 fine, or both. I can issue an arrest warrant if someone fails to show up on their speeding ticket. If they'll show up in court, that's a much more efficient solution. For there's the a, there's a, and this takes us maybe a little bit farther than we probably need to go here. But, I mean, there, there is, on some level, there's a the broken window theory comes into play here. I mean, you know, you, you arrest the guy for breaking the window, you deter some more violent crime down the road. If we start setting the example, hey, you were supposed to be here Monday, it's Thursday. Uh, you owe me $15 for whatever the dopey offense is. You enforce that stuff at that level, the argument would go, the theory would go, then you don't have to deal with it at some other level down the road. Well, if they're showing up, we're going to deal with it. They're just showing up two days later. Hmm. I, I, I'm not worried about that. If someone's showing up to answer to the charge, that's what we want. That's the ultimate. When, when a bench warrant is issued, 
the case law directs the judge to consider that they are now in custody and they're answering to the charge and move on from there. They failed to appear. They've dealt the, they're now there to deal with the charge itself. Um, so, you know, and as to the broken window side of things, these individuals that we're talking about are still going to be arrested. It's just a matter of are we going to hold them for a, a longer period of time just because they can't make a $500, $1,000 bond. That's the analysis we're looking at. 60% of people in local jails throughout the nation are in jail prior to conviction. So we're dealing with a pretty large issue when we're considering this issue. And I think the analysis of bond has become distorted to be how do we punish this person before they're even convicted versus what type of bond will make sure they'll come to court, which was the original purpose. That's of the whole point is that to make is. sure they, they show up in court. Judge yes. Ryan Hope, municipal court judge here in Athens. To what extent were you involved uh, with the commission in, in crafting this policy? As I stated, this, these are reforms that have been coming from the state end for quite a while. As of July 1st of 2018, last year, SB 407 had gone into effect and required the magistrate court judges to, cart, to start considering financial uh, issues uh, much more deeply than they might have in the past. So it's something that the commission was aware of, um, that I was reporting back to them. Judge Haggard has formed what we call the Criminal Justice Partners Group and is, has asked me to task that group. So I've been communicating with the commission about various reforms amongst all the classes of courts. So when the uh, proposed ordinance came up last fall, the county attorney, the solicitor, and I met and discussed, you know, what, what is feasible, what is not feasible, and kind of gave feedback to the, the commission and mayor. Were the bail bondsmen, and there's several of them in our community, were they involved in this at all? I'm hearing from them that they weren't. I, I do not know whether or not the mayor or commission would have consulted with them. They were at several uh, community uh, criminal justice reform mm -hmm. meetings with us. Um, so I, I know several of the local bail bondsmen. I know what they know what my opinion is of the cases that come to my court. The cases that come to my court are not huge public safety cases. I don't have domestic violence cases. I don't have felony cases. Um, so my view on what bail and bond means for criminal, minor criminal and traffic matters is different than what maybe it needs to be for a superior court judge that's dealing with those more serious matters. Again, Judge Ryan Hope with us. As we understand it, this 